Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamora. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamora and Raphael Tamora. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Well, first of all, today we're only three days away from Christmas Day. So a ho-ho-ho and a most joy-filled Christmas and miraculous holy days to each of you. And I'd like to send out a, uh, a special shout out to all those who have helped us throughout the year, uh, including our assistant, Noel, who is faithfully and loyally by the phone all the time for us, and many others, Jeannie, who puts out our ads for this radio show, and many, many others who have helped us over the years. Yeah, and Matt and the whole crew at uh, Voice America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, and Michael, who is our um, webmaster ah, yeah. for our website, and he sometimes has to do things in the middle of the night for us. And a new person who has come on board who's going to help me with the screenplay for my book. Just want to put a quick shout out to him as well. I think he might be listening today. We're delighted that you could join us for a show today on Birthing the Christ and Healing from Family Conflicts. Christmas is, of course, a holiday for a great many people around the world. Although it's most often thought of as a Christian holiday, Christmas has become such a commercial enterprise that celebrating the spirit of Christmas has become a lot more, well, universal. Remember, everything in this world has an upside as well as a downside. When a day that we are set aside as a holy, one a day that we are to set aside as a holy day becomes so commercialized, the obvious downside is that the focus for that day may become all about selling things and making money rather than the spirit for which that day is made special. That type of energy can definitely program the consumers to shop till they drop in the name of giving gifts rather than remind everyone what the purpose is for setting aside that day from all other days. The upside of all of that is that Christmas holiday and the overall spirit for which that day is remembered has become so much more universal in the world rather than remaining a special day of remembrance just for one religion. Regardless of a person's avowed faith or lack of it, what spiritual teaching doesn't include treating one another with respect and kindness or the importance of loving one another. So for many people who may not believe in or follow the practices of a Christian religion, the holiday still gives them the opportunity to give more freely as well as enjoy the company of family and friends. That's one of my favorite parts of Christmas for sure. The original purpose for celebrating Christmas, of course, is to commemorate the birth of the Christ into the world. Whereas many people may assume that the Christ was the historical person we heard about who was known as Jesus of Nazareth over 2,000 years ago, in truth, 
The Christ is the limitless, eternal, universal, divine energy and awareness that the man, Jesus or Yeshua, fully expressed in the world. Jesus taught by living as the embodiment of the Christ. In a way, the man we know of in history as Siddhartha Gautama lived after his enlightenment as the expression of the state of awareness and energy, which was called Bodhi or awakening. He then became known as the Buddha or awakened one. So like Buddha, the Christ refers to the full attainment of beingness, awareness and expression of the divine and limitless soul. Everything we know about the life of Jesus of Nazareth was a symbolic representation of the beingness, awareness, and the joyous expression of the Christ. His birth into this world represents the awareness and energy of the Christ incarnating here to live amongst humanity. It is part of each of our sole purpose to birth the Christ energy and awareness from within us into the world and express it in our everyday living. You heal yourself whenever you restore yourself to more of the limitless wholeness that you are. You help heal others as you help them restore themselves to more of the undivided wholeness that they are. All healing could be said to be the birthing of the inner Christ into your living by expressing it in the outer world. Of course, that doesn't mean that if you do this, you will end up being crucified. Jesus expressed the inner Christ in his life as a step-by-step symbolic demonstration of what the Christ is within everyone and how we are to live it and heal and fulfill ourselves in the world. Everyone will express the same inner Christ in diverse and unique ways. For example, what was one major situation happening at the time of Jesus' birth as recorded in history? Herod, the king of Judea, ordered the execution of all male children two years and under in the area of Bethlehem in fear of the information he got that there was a future king of the Jews that was born in Bethlehem sometime during that two-year period. Whether this story is accurate or not, it symbolically represents the ego being threatened by the attainment of the Christ by anyone. In its way, the ego is constantly trying to get you to kill or invalidate spirit under the guise of saving yourself. The only one that the ego ever tries to save, though, is itself. Now, at the end of Jesus' life, once again, he is arrested, unjustly convicted by mob mentality, and put to death by crucifixion. Yet Jesus demonstrated his full awakening from the illusion of being a body and of the world by transcending the illusion of death. The ego couldn't, quote-unquote, kill the Christ child, and neither could the threat of death tempt a fully awakened one back into the illusory world. Birthing your inner Christ requires discernment of truth and illusion and certainty in spirit. The more you awaken to the inner Christ and demonstrate expressing it in living your daily life, the more you heal yourself from any family conflicts you may have been carrying within you. This happens naturally since your awareness of truth brings about forgiveness of any illusions or untruths you've previously held within you as true. 
After all, would you keep blaming a character in a movie for ruining your life just because the character was a destructive person in the movie? Or how long would you hold on to a grudge that someone else's avatar killed your avatar in the video game? Of course, there are people in the world that get so immersed in a movie or video game that they begin to identify with its characters and what they're going through in it that they forget who they truly are. A very similar thing happens with every soul in the world until they fully awaken to the truth. Any family conflicts that may have troubled you comes from you having assigned some kind of cause over your experience on some member of your family. It may be true to you that a family member did or said a certain thing and you experienced great pain after they did or said that. But if you blame that person as having caused you to experience what you experienced, you make yourself a victim to that person and what that person said or did. Because your experience is uniquely yours, even if that person did the same thing in relation to someone else at the very same time, the other person would not have had the exact same experience as you did. Another person may experience a similar event in a similar way as you, but it still won't be identical to your experience since each person experiences everything in their own way. Forgiveness comes from your willingness and commitment to see the truth of your experience rather than holding on to the conclusion you've previously jumped to in judgment and blame. Whenever you forgive, you free yourself from continuing to be a hostage and a victim to someone or something you cannot control. Well, you know, all too often... Family conflicts seem to remain unresolved family conflicts for many people. True resolution doesn't happen without forgiveness. In fact, all resolution of karmic cycles of any kind happens through forgiveness. So if the end game of all karma and unresolved conflicts is forgiveness, why not be proactive <laughs> and, and forgive right at the onset or as soon as you realize that something upset you? Well, that is definitely the best medicine of all. The military may think in terms of preemptive <laughs> strikes against the enemy threat, but is there a thing as preemptive forgiving. (laughs) Actually, the sooner you remind yourself of the option to forgive when you are bothered in some way, the sooner you will heal yourself back to more wholeness and find not only a degree of peace, but of freedom and happiness. Unfortunately, that's usually a lot easier said than done, isn't it? So, What makes it so difficult at times to forgive? Whether it's forgiving someone or yourself or even some situation or something. Most of the time, it doesn't do much good to keep trying to do something again and again when it's obviously not working. I see people trying to forgive 
without knowing what it really means to forgive and what it takes to forgive. I found it interesting when the first dictionary definition of the verb to forgive came up as, quote, stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake, end quote. (laughs) Um, Okay, if this is what most people believe what it means to forgive, I can easily see why it's so difficult for even people who are willing to forgive and trying to forgive to do so. Why? Because if you think you have to stop having the feeling of anger or resentment towards someone or even towards yourself, before you can have the certainty that you've forgiven, it would be a long time before you would convince yourself that you are even willing to forgive. Feeling always follows your decision. In fact, in the process of making a decision to actually act on it in the physical world, feeling is pretty much the second to the very last thing that happens in that whole process. So when you wait around for your feeling to change in order to decide that you're ready to forgive, you'd be waiting for a long time because the feeling won't change until well into your process of completing your forgiveness. In truth, forgiveness is utterly simple. There's hardly anything to it. Forgiveness is actually not so much an action, but a result of becoming aware of the truth. We only begrudge and hold on to judgment, guilt, and blame, and the consequent suffering when we are not aware of the truth of whatever we're experiencing. There's profound truth in the statement, truth shall set you free. See the truth for yourself and you free yourself from all that you thought was true, but wasn't. Contrary to popular belief, truth never hurts. It's what isn't the truth that we experience as hurt when we believe it as being true. What makes us, what makes such a simple thing seemingly so difficult to do is mostly from not understanding what and why we are experiencing what we are experiencing. When we're loving our experience of life and happy, we don't have any need to forgive anyone for anything. It's only when we're experiencing some kind of pain and unhappiness that we blame ourselves or someone or something else for our seemingly intolerable experience. Naturally, none of us ever wish to experience pain, especially any pain that we associate with a great loss. It's not uncommon for us to experience anger and blame when we believe that someone or something took away something valuable from us. We tend to react in anger and blame because that seems a better choice at the time than to experience the profound grief of losing something or someone we love and depend on for that love. We fear that we would not be able to function or even go on living if we allowed ourselves to experience such grief. 
in fear of that possibility. We may deny it and override that experience by getting angry and finding something or someone to blame for what we are afraid of experiencing. When we believe we have lost someone or something important to us, It's never actually the loss of that person or object that we are grieving the loss of. We experience grief when we believe that we lost our experience of love and wholeness. When we experience a profound sense of loss, it feels like we can never be who we are fully again because we feel not whole. It often feels like some hole or blankness took over part of who we are. It feels unbearable, like we can't continue to live that way. That feeling of loss is the loss of wholeness, which is the loss of our experience of loving. If you examine your life deeply, you'll discover that the happiest times in your life was when you were loving someone or something or something you were doing or even somewhere you were, and even loving some great idea. The main thing is that you were loving. Even though most people may imagine that if they were loved, as in someone loved them, they would be happy. It isn't being loved that makes us experience completeness and love, therefore happiness. It isn't loving that we experience wholeness and happiness. It's whenever we are not loving or withholding our loving that we experience unhappiness. Unhappiness isn't a real state of mind itself. It's merely the experience of withholding love. Love is a state of mind, a state of our consciousness. Well, we're coming up to our first break already, and this is the time we um, tell you about things that we have coming up and offer you. So we wanted to remind you to make sure to sign up for our special remote four teleclass plus one bonus Zoom event over the weekend of Saturday, January 8th and Sunday, January 9th. This is our first full event of the year. The theme for this weekend, which is open to everyone, by the way, is... Heal Your Energy and Your Pathway for 2022. And here are the titles of the four teleclasses because you can attend just one or all of them if you like. Saturday morning is It, Fate, or Free Will. See Your Future to Heal Your Future Now. The Saturday afternoon is What's in Your New Year? Psychic Energy Work to See and Clear Your Way for 2022. And then the two teleclasses on Sunday will be Teamwork to Make Big Steps in 2022, How to Work with Your Spirit Guides to Fulfill Your Soul Purpose, and the afternoon class is From Wishful Thinking to Creative Manifestation, Getting Yourself to the Present to Create Your Future. Plus, anyone who participates in at least one of the four teleclasses that weekend will be invited to our popular bonus Zoom post-teleseminar Q&A talk story and social with Michael and myself. And also, if you do purchase all four of the teleclasses, you get a nice discount. Anyway, that Zoom is, uh, let's see, we'll start a half an hour after the completion of the fourth teleclass on Sunday. 
Check out all the details on our website for the January events calendar. It's not up yet, but it will be. Um, and Or call our office at 530-926-2650 weekdays during business hours Pacific time. And you can speak to our assistant, Noelle, who will tell you everything about what we're doing. We will return in just a couple of minutes with Birthing the Christ and Healing from Family Conflicts. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. We've been exploring the subject of birthing the Christ and healing from family conflicts. So let's continue finding out more about what we're really celebrating during Christmas time. Yes, uh, before the break, I was uh, saying that, you know, love is a state of mind. So unhappiness isn't a real state of mind in and of itself. It's just merely the experience of withholding our loving. Ah. So when we experience the state of our mind by what we imagine or what image we create and hold in our mind at any moment. This is the crux of the matter, especially when it comes to forgiving. The basic choice we have that determines the experience we have in life is what we decide to have in our mind. That choice can be boiled down to the simple choice of truth or illusion which would we like to keep. (laughs) Truth is eternal, limitless, and therefore never changing. An illusion is temporary because it's of the illusory world of time and space, this world. An illusion is the image we see in our mind that is not reality or truth. 
It's only an image, which is just an appearance. It's what appears to be true or real, but isn't. In a sense, it's like a mirage in the desert. When we're dying of thirst under the scorching heat of the sun in the vast, seemingly empty desert, we may see a mirage of an oasis of cool, refreshing water. When we use our last ounce of strength to crawl to it, ah, it disappears. We believe the oasis was real, but it only appeared to be so as an image in our mind. All too often, we may imagine that when we experience an upset or a profound loss, we somehow failed, right? Ever do that? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yet, that's never true. It's a mirage. When we imagine ourselves to be a failure, we decide to withhold loving ourselves, and without loving ourselves, we cannot love anything or anyone else. Our mind seems to become devoid of love. Even if we are surrounded by those who love us, and we experience the grief of an overwhelming sense of loss when that happens. Yet, it's never true, for we can never lose that which is eternal and limitless. Love in its truth is never ending. Love never withholds its loving, but we have the freedom of choice to withhold our loving in our own mind. Love is always within us, but whenever we choose to withhold our loving, it seems to disappear from that portion of our mind that we are conscious of at the time. Without our loving state of mind, we experience the illusion of darkness, like something's gone. We believe that loss to be real. It becomes intolerable. In our vain attempt to escape from that fate that seems literally worse than death, we choose anger, resentment, judgment, and blame. We then become afraid that should we choose to relinquish our anger and blame, we will plunge into that abyss of darkness. Essentially, all that and more occupies our mind, usually unconsciously, unwittingly. And that is what we struggle against, even when we start to consider forgiving. We unconsciously believe that the only choice in this situation is to continue to fight in anger and blame or plunge into the terrifying void of guilt, isolation, and oblivion. It almost always seems to us that at least the known evil of anger and blame is a better deal than the latter alternative. When you discover, however, that as real as everything in your mind feels and looks and sounds, it may not all be what it appears to be. Give yourself the certainty and courage to explore a bit further within your own experience. And if you keep on, if you keep asking, if you keep seeking, you'll definitely discover the truth sooner or later. But also remind yourself of what Jesus often taught his disciples. 
Keep seeking until you find. And when you find, you will be disturbed. (laughs) I'm sure he was a little amused when he was telling us that. When you are disturbed, you will be amazed. And when you are amazed, you will reign over all. This is a quote from the Gospel of Thomas, right? I think so. Yes. Jesus used to say that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You might be seeking, even be committed to finding. But remember that it's the fear and avoidance of being disturbed that makes you stop seeking further. If you don't go deeper in your seeking of truth, of solutions, and of healing yourself, you won't find your truth. This is one of the profound challenges of forgiveness. Your willingness and commitment to forgiving that will keep you seeking the truth, even as you unveil what at first may be disturbing to you. As you find more of the truth, you'll restore your loving to yourself and find true happiness and peace, no matter what you experience in life and in the world. I love it when Michael talks about, you know, the world as an illusion, because it truly is. And for those uh, younger folks out there who love video games, you understand this probably a lot more than our generation does in the sense of, think about it, you know, you get an avatar, you you enter into a space where other avatars are interacting with one another and you fight and you kill each other and you uh, fall in love with each other or whatever goes on in that virtual world. But eventually, even if you're going 24 hours straight, you get tired and you need to stop and let your body rest and come back to yourself. And this is very much what it's like in this world. You know, if you ever think about it, we're running these bodies from somewhere. And I'm mentioning this because discovering the world is an illusion is really, really the easiest way to be able to address the very hardest thing in the world anyone has to practice. And that is the subject of forgiveness, which is what we're talking about here. I had an experience as a child where I was given a certain kind of dream. I've talked about it many times on this radio show where I was shown my future because I wasn't very happy as a five-year-old in the situation I was in. And it gave me something to look forward to. But the other thing was when I woke up from that dream, I actually experienced being my adult self in that little five-year-old body. And What that made me realize many years later, as I became more and more aware of the world as an illusion, um, was that uh, this experience was to show me the illusion, if, if you can follow that. So when it comes to families, you know, we all have families. Some of us have families that we love each other and, and get along just fine, but most families at least in this world, have at least one person in the family (laughs) who's difficult, or maybe everyone doesn't get along very well and avoids each other and that sort of thing. And, you know, the for sensitive people, especially one of the things that we tend to want to do is run away, which is kind of what I did for a lot of years. But eventually you have to turn around and, and clean that up and say hello to the people that you ran away from and 
uh, take a look at why were you born with this family? You know, your family is part of you coming into the world to work on what you came to work on. So if your family was very difficult or abusive or whatnot, um, and you were fortunate enough to escape some of that, uh, you started to be able to look at forgiving. You know, forgiving, I, I like what Michael says about forgiving. It's for giving instead of against giving. So when we're not forgiving someone, we stop giving to them, right? So if you're in that situation where, okay, well, I get along with this person in my family, but not that person, the way I see it is an attitude change is a lot of times all it takes to work on those family conflicts. If you react to the family conflict in the very same way every single time, it's going to have the same exact outcome. If you start to think of or go to your place of creating, what's a different way I can react to that person? Or maybe I could not react to them at all rather than just be loving towards them and see what happens. Um, Experiment with this because they're coming at you because you're working on something inside of yourself. And when you're done working on that particular aspect of yourself, that other person's behavior might not change, though it sometimes does. Uh, you will start to be able to handle people like this more and more in a, a much bigger way. Yeah. You know, the conflicts that we we often have in families or, or close friends, generally with strangers, <laughs> you don't have too many conflicts, right? <laughs> it's, it's only when you start to have a relationship, longer term relationship, and the relationship, even if it starts off really great, as it deepens, things happen. You know, you might get into a relationship because you're just in so much agreement with everything. And, oh, I like this. I like that, too. I hate that. I hate that, too. And, every, you know, everything is, wow, you're just like me and blah, blah, blah. Until one day. Sooner or later, there's going to be a place where you go, yes, and the other person says, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, that always happens if you have a long-term relationship with someone. It has to happen because, oh, these are all superficial things we adopt, you know, in our personality and everything. And so what happens? Well, what furthers that relationship what makes it go deeper is is we go okay it's been so good since you know until now or we need each other or whatever the reason it might might be for you at that point you decide to stick it out a little bit more and and you go okay so you say no and i say yes and and we're not neither of us gonna budge huh how are you gonna get along with this oh well why would I insist you say yes just because I do? Why would you insist say no because just because you do? No, it's it's just a personal preference, right? Huh. But we can allow people to have the differences except when we feel threatened in some way that that difference is not okay. 
Sometimes you might feel like I, I have to control how this person is going to decide because my life is dependent on it. Ah, yes. And, and that's when it gets to be dicey, right? It, it gets to be scary because, but this is my mother and I'm the child. And, and if she makes that decision, that means I won't, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. I won't be able to be with my best friend uh, or, oh, gee, if they're going to leave uh, this town, I'll lose all my friends or, or <clears throat> oh, I don't want to start again, whatever that might be. Or it could be, ah, let's say, you know, your spouse, your partner is, uh, uh, is the one that's bringing home the bacon, so to speak. And, um, I don't like bacon. <laughs> I like pretend bacon. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but then, so you're going, oh, my God. You know, if this person makes the, the wrong decision and, and they don't make the money and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not be able to survive. Huh. Okay. So that, that brings out a lot of fear in us. And that's where this issue of forgiveness starts to have a, a lot deeper meaning. And, and until we decide, you know what? Hey, I, I, I've, I'm still here. And um, somehow everything always works out. Uh, I mean, we've gone through tough times and, and easy times, but but. It always works out. I'm still here. And the funny thing is, when you die physically, you know, the end of the life in this incarnation, you're going to feel the same way. You find, oh, all that stuff I I make a big fuss about, my I don't want to die and everything. And next thing, oh, I guess this is what they call dying, but I'm still alive. (laughs) So... Where over course of lifetimes, each soul starts to learn that, and and this is what you know reincarnation karma is all about. Is oh, one lifetime you hate, you know some other group of people. Guess what, folks? If you don't forgive, you're going to come back the next lifetime and be the other group of people <laughs> that you dislike so much. <laughs> oh yes. Well, our second break is coming right up, and I wanted to invite any of you committed to learning much more about your psychic self, intuitive awareness, and self-healing, about how you can progress on your spiritual path to check out our Psychic Tools and Life Mastery Practices for Living Your Soul Purpose course. It's our most comprehensive six-level foundation MP3 audio self-study course. You can take it one class at a time or purchase one level of classes and seminars for a big discount. It will be an amazing way to start off the new year. For details, go to our Seminars, Courses, and Retreats tab under What We Do on our website. Or you can simply call our office at 530-926-2650. And our assistant, Noelle, as I've spoken of before, will be happy to assist you with questions regarding the course as well as purchasing any of our classes. In just a bit, we'll continue with Birthing the Christ and Healing from Family Conflicts. We'll be right back. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Well, it's great to have you back. What does it mean to birth the Christ? And how does it help you heal yourself from family conflicts? That's what we've been exploring today. So let's go further with that. Well, you know, birthing the Christ basically means healing yourself. Why? Because, you know, the basic essential definition of healing is restoring oneself to wholeness, restoring anything. When you heal something, you're restoring it to wholeness. When you heal yourself, you're restoring yourself to wholeness. What's that mean? Well, it means that if there's any division in you where you've divided against yourself in any way, shape, or form over the course of your history, and you're still holding on to that division, oh, you're not whole. You're, you, you can't not be whole, but there's a division inside of you, and every time you hit that division, it seems like you're against some part of yourself. One part of you is against another part of you. There's the division. That's what's called a conflict. So with, with family conflicts, ah, it's a more communal conflict, right? It's, yes. it's a division. Not only, you know, it's, it's not just contained within yourself, but there's a division that's being played out between you and some other family member or as a group, you and your whole family. Sometimes the whole family says no to you and you're going yes and there's a conflict. That's the division. When you make that division what's important, then, you know, once it's like the hack, what was it, the Hatfields and McCoys or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you got the, the Romeo and Juliet situation. And so, so then how do you heal that? Birthing the Christ. Oh, what the Christ said was, 
when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. What's that mean? Well, two or three gathered in my name saying hello to each other and you start to drop your barriers, the division between you, and you start to go, oh, you know, this is, I never saw this about you, but, you know, the way I used to have picture you in my mind is you were a rotten person or you're, you know, this, that, and the other thing, all these judgments. But when you say hello to each other and decide, you know, we're going to, we're going to just communicate and let's discover each other, rediscover each other. Let's find out more. And as we get more and more communication, we start to get closer and closer to the truth, even of the relationship. And as we do so, the old judgments, old barriers, old defense systems, everything, we start to kind of at least set it aside for the time being, ceasefire. And when we do that, we start to see we're not that different. Yeah, we, we totally dress differently. We, you know, our hair is different. We have different Everything. personalities. Our skin color might be different. Our religious preference is different. Our political affiliation is different. Everything might be different. But underneath it all, you start to find that common ground. And that common ground is what we call spirit. Because you are spirit. I am spirit. And when we say hello to each other, oh, we start to awaken to, oh, I'm spirit, you're spirit. And there's only one spirit. It's undivided. What's that mean? That means you and I are essentially the same. Only the outside looks different because the sameness that we each and every one of us are when we incarnate into a body in this divided world of time and space, we necessarily express that total sameness differently. Huh. We, we bring in that bright, brilliant light of oneness through a different lens, through different type of prism. And when we do, the colors that we emanate are quite different. Ah, so that's the only thing that's different is on the outside. So why should we allow the difference on the outside to divide us on the inside? And through every relationship, we start to learn this more and more and more. And this is what karma, the, the object, the, the goal of karma, if you want to put it that way, is let's say we decide we create a judgment that one lifetime, let's say you're, you're white race and, and, and you're totally against the black race. Anybody of that color, you just go, no way. Well, eventually you die. The other people in the other group dies. <laughs> what happens is what karma is, is it gives you. It's not punishment. Karma is never punishment. Even if it's rough, it's never punishment. It's an opportunity. Next incarnation, you get to come back and experience. Oh, you don't come back as, as the same identification you had the, the lifetime before. So if you were uh, white in one lifetime 
and you had a cr- tremendous prejudice against the black people in, the, in that lifetime, you'll come back probably in, as a black person. And until the soul learns as a black person, if you haven't awakened to the truth, you're going to feel the same way about the white person this time. <laughs> Even though in the lifetime before when you were white, you know, white was right and black was wrong. But when you're black, oh, black is right and white is wrong. The, the, the outside flipped from day and night, so to speak, but the inside stays the same. Then, sooner or later, if you keep on doing this, basically it gets too painful and, and you get too, too upset and you, you just can't have any moment of peace and it's going to be, you're going to suffer more and more. And until you go, wait a minute, I, I have to, something's got to change here. And finally, when you go, you know what? I can't hold on to this anger and hatred because it's killing me from the inside. Okay. And, of course, as a soul, you might not remember technically uh, what happened the lifetime before and the one before. And you've been bouncing back and forth between these two polarities. You come back, but you have the intuitive knowingness. You know, I've been here before and something's got to change fundamentally. And you start to look within yourself much more deeply. You might ask for help. And somehow you start to go, you know, something happens when you're willing and open. Something happens where the person or the group of people you hate it with a passion, all of a sudden you're in a situation where it's life and death for you and you're scared out of your wits and somebody that you hate it from that group you hate it comes and takes care of you, saves your life, whatever. And you go, whoa, how do I deal with that? And slowly but surely, you start to open up and you start to get to know the other person instead of judging them. And oh, lo and behold, they're not that bad. Lo and behold, they're terrific. Lo and behold, gee, when I really look at it, we're not that different. Lo and behold, you know what? Underneath it all, we're identical. And now the conflict is gone. The same thing happens with family members. The same thing happens with religious differences. You know, one lifetime, you could be a Christian and complete uh, antagonistic. You know, you hate the Muslims or you hate the Jews or whatever. And the next lifetime, you come back as the one you hated. But again, the same thing. You'll probably hate the other side in that lifetime. And <laughs> because, they you. Yeah. And, and, and the war keeps on going on. And the same thing happens with families. You know, souls in the same family, if there's always some with karma with others, not necessarily everyone with everybody, but and that particular sister or brother or parent or whatever it is, child, uh, you're button heads all the time. And you do it long enough, you, each of you die and go on, and then you reincarnate, and you come back as friends or, or co- colleagues or people that have to be able to get along and work together. And, and 
you know, you can't stand it, nah, but, but it's too painful and you can't accomplish what you're there to do. And finally you say, okay, okay, let's, let's set, set, set aside our weapons and, and our uh, antagonism. And, you know, we got to get together at least for this time being. You get put into situations where, where you have to work it out. You can't just beat each other up. And finally, when you get to that point and you start to try it out a little bit, you discover, hey, that person I thought I hated just isn't that bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's called, that's called uh, karma. And, and the purpose of karma is doing it as many times as you need to do to wake up to the truth. And when you wake up to the truth, it start off a little bit like that person's not that bad. My sister or my brother isn't that bad. You know, they have some good, they have heart. They, they can't do anything right yet, but they have heart, whatever it is. And little by little, you start to take a peek at the truth. And when you do, forgiveness happens. You don't need to, I'm going to try to forgive you. No, because once you see the truth, you're the same. You're not going to hold those judgments and hatred and antagonism and anger and conflicts. No, it's fine. It's just the person experiences and expresses it differently than you do. Yes, absolutely. And also the one thing I wanted to mention before we wrap this up here is that you know, the, there are a number of ascended masters who work on this planet to help uplift humanity. And since the attention gets put on Jeshua or Jesus during this season, what I've always noticed for many, many years is the whole world gets showered with a particular type of, Christ, I call it Christ energy. It's not Jesus, you know, like the Bible Jesus, but the Christ energy that he brought forth during the time uh, he was in his lifetime as Jesus. And that energy is like, uh, in a way, it's like a cleanse. It brings up the most difficult stuff in families. And uh, that's an opportunity for you to take your next step with healing situations or um, old grudges and that sort of thing with family members. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of our show today. Thank you for joining us. We love sharing this time with you. Be sure to join us again next Wednesday for Healing Yourself, Healing Your Family, our episode, our last episode of 2021, before we ring in the new year 2022. Find out how healing yourself heals your whole family and how helping to heal anyone in your family helps heal you. Remember to check out our special New Year's remote teleclass weekend event happening Saturday and Sunday, January 8th and 9th. We'll be offering four teleclasses and a bonus Zoom Q&A social during that weekend to help you look at the road ahead, have fun making predictions for yourself, and to set the energy of the year for you to live your best year yet. For all the details, check out our website events calendar for January 2022. Wait about a week, though, because it's not up yet, as well as our upcoming newsletters and our social media pages. Enjoy celebrating a joyous Christmas and holy days. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. Merry Christmas. Mm 
we appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. 